Thanks to Burrow, furnishing your home has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish. They're built to last. And every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 20% off all seating during Burrow's Labor Day sale. Plus, up to 60% off select items at burrow.com slash sxm. Burrow.com slash sxm. Summer goes by in a splash. Instacart helps you make the most of every moment. You can shop essentials from hot dogs to paper plates to sunscreen from over 1,200 stores all in one app. With delivery in as fast as an hour, you can spend more time making the most of summer. Instacart. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Action Park Media. All right, everybody, welcome to Dom's Den. As usual, I got Karen and Pat with me here. What's going on? Uh, what's going on, guys? How you doing, Dom? So you just said that they're opening up your pool. Oh, yeah. Hot stuff. Uh, you have a so, cover on the so pool? You, you have the, a retractable cover? No, no, they actually have to come and have to pay somebody uh this yeah. is how you do the work that yeah. I can't do. This well, you, is how know you know why? People are, people are locked up in April in, in COVID times because yeah. you're opening your pool on April 1st. Yeah, I did that last right. year, too. We go in the hot tub, we get a little drinks. A little hot tub time machine. There you go. <laughs> Weed. <laughs> well, you know what you have to worry Then yeah. you have to worry about all those uh, the, the, the buds from the trees falling, you know, once they drop. Oh, he doesn't You know care. what? We, we have these birds. Right, they live in the tree. There's a big oak tree in my backyard, and they live there. And what they do every spring is when they have their new hatchlings come out of their eggs, they don't like to leave the bird shit in their nest, so they take it out and dump it in my pool. That's good. That's good. Because they don't want the animals to smell their bird shit. All the more reason to open up. Your... <laughs> so they throw That's... it in my fucking pool. All the more reason to open up your pool in April. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that to the boss. Yeah. I, I, I just make the call. Like that. So I come out of my house today. Uh, I thank God I came out like an hour before we we're doing the podcast. And I see my tires flat. And like I got two cars. And one of them, you know, I don't go anywhere. I work from home. So I got one car to pretty much use back and forth with my wife and the kids and all that shit. And I got another car I barely drive. So I don't care. I mean, it only passes inspection because I know the mechanic and he just shakes his head and passes it every you're year. You're saying you're doing illegal stuff? I'm totally doing illegal <laughs> stuff. And so, <laughs> so I come out and the tire is completely flat. So I'm like, all right, you know what? This one, I look at the side too. I'm like, this, even if I filled this up with air, it looks like it's going to explode. So I call Mavis and I'm like, let me get a quick tire. <clears throat> and of course, you call the guy up. You got to go down to Hunts Point and get a used tire. I don't for $10, Hunts, Hunts Point. You know, you can get something else at Hunts Point. Why did, why, <laughs> the same wait, price. why did you need a new tire? Couldn't you just plug the tire? No, I looked at, trust me, I looked at the side of it. You could see it was like torn open, ready to just explode no mm. matter what. So to hell with a plug. So you, I love about Mavis that you call up. And you talk to a guy on your phone, and a guy's like, hey, this is, uh, this is Terry. How can I help you? You know, And I'm like, Terry, I got to be somewhere. I'm like, can I get in and out of there oh, in yeah. a half? Hour? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah I'm sure. looking at the bay right now. Empty. Oh, bay's empty. Come on, bring it in. You get to the, the Mavis, and 
I'm like, so uh, Terry said I could be in and out in a half hour. He's like, who's Terry? Terry. Who's Terry? Wow. They have a they have a whole call service that handles it. They're not even on site. Where'd you go? I to the one in Pleasantville. Oh wait, well you might have called the one in Thornwood. No, no, no. I know the Thornwood one. They, okay. I mean, they there's more than me. one. There's plenty of Mavises. This yeah. is a corporation. But there's there's two Mavises that are very close to each other. But they're but they're full of shit regardless. So the guy's like, yeah, it could be like an hour or two, and I'm like, all right, this is ridiculous. I say, you know what? I don't want any of this nonsense where you take all my tires off the car and, and then you, you, and you bring me out. Shit. You bring me out to show me the brake pads and the and the axles and everything else. I know the car is a shit box. I don't need anything else. I said, just take off one tire and put another one on. No, I'm like, I don't care. I don't need a Continental. I'm like, I don't care. I drive the car once every two weeks. It's stupid. So sure enough. I wait an hour. Then they finally bring it in. The first thing they do when they get it up, all four tires are off. Mm-hmm. All four uh, tires. They're all in there with the flashlights. They're calling me out. I'm like, I didn't want to look over the car. Well, you got to use a different type of voice, maybe. You, you know, no, like, they just take advantage of me. Don't take the fucking tire off. <laughs> Only <laughs> one. Don't fuck with my tire. Don't fuck with the tires. <laughs> Leave the other three on. I think just one fucking tire. My cousin Tony said the other tire's okay. <laughs> I, I think the Mavis in the Bronx might operate that way. Yeah, they know. They know. I don't know shit about cars. I know nothing about. That's it. why if I need something, I go to another town. I go to another town. I used to have. A, we used to have a guy. So what? So hold on. Did the tie get fixed? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I got the tire fixed. I was fucking nothing. It was like one hundred and fifty dollars. But again, I had. To, they wanted to sell me all these crazy expensive tires. I'm like, this is a bullshit. You could have gone to Hunts Point for twenty. I could have put a bicycle tire on and I'd be happy. Hunts Point again, <laughs> two for one. <laughs> you would have probably been over with. You would have probably been better off with fix a flat. I would just spray the tire with Flex Seal and yeah. call it a day. I had a car where I <laughs> should have should just cork the tire. <laughs> I had a car that was constantly flat. I had a bottle of fix a flat. In the That's a truck. rim problem. Oh yeah, I know. When 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 it constantly yeah. leaks like that, there's it's then bad. there's no nail or it's any. Bad, yeah, there's yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, so you're uh, telling me I need a rim job? You need a rim job. <laughs> All right, well, you know. But you that, said the tire was cracked. What was your first car? What was your first car? 1979 Buick LeSabre. Oh, wow. Fucking boat. Less Came with an anchor. That thing was, was a living room. room. Yeah. It was a Less living room on wheels. <laughs> yep. Blue. Uh, no navy such, blue with light blue interior. No such thing, as a, no such thing as a dent in the door. Though. 79 was like the last year of real Go cars. through a freaking brick wall. <laughs> That car, steel was, bumpers. Yeah, it was metal. Yeah. yeah. Seventy nine was like the last year they made good cars, and then the eighties they sucked. Yeah. Once you saw like Fieros coming out, you oh. knew it was over. This guy, this guy was oh. the this guy was the king of the T tops over here. Oh yeah. Had, oh my god. The, the, yeah. the, Wanna the, be Magruba? Oh my god. The fucking <laughs> Magruba with the Benzy box. Oh yeah, I know you did. There's no fucking doubt you didn't have a Benzy box. Jesus, what was that? A Kenwood? I think I could leave my radio in the car where I grew up. Oh yeah, no, that was good. We all had the pull-out radios. Hell yeah. Yeah, you either had a uh, a Kenwood or you had a Delco. Yeah, I remember the Kenwoods. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling the entire fucking radio out No, of then it came Oh, then you, if you had like If you were a little more sophisticated Just the face came off mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that, that happened later That, that happened, happened later. in just like a plate. few years yeah. See, what I want is Nah, I'm, man, you gotta get the one way That just the face comes off Put yeah. it right in your yeah. pocket I remember when I got my first CD changer 
in a in the know, car. In the car. It was in the trunk, right? It was in the trunk, yeah. right? And I was racing some dude down the Bronx River Park. <laughs> And my back tire hit the dirt, and I lost control of the car. What dirt? On the Bronx River. The Bronx all dirt it's, on the side. It's tiny on the on side? The what were you doing on the side? I was probably like, going 120. Yeah, I was racing down. Yeah, but were you racing on the on the road, or yeah, were you I, racing on, on the side? The tire hit the patch of dirt on the side, and I lost control. My car goes sideways, hits a light. I'll tell you what was dangerous on the Bronx River. It's you know the dangerous. turn where... <laughs> it's all fucking it's Where all the Botanical Gardens... <laughs> Where the potential just going oh, into Fordham? In yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Bronx, about yeah. Down there. Oh, geez. So many a car accidents yeah. there. I, I was in I was in Scarsdale. I hit the light pole, went in the ditch. Cars ruined. CDs player did not skip. And ah. I was very proud ah. of that. I was very proud. Yeah, of that. He was still listening to Candlebox. <laughs> still you left me far behind. You were totally yeah. doing it. <laughs> Candlebox. Was cool, yeah, that. Here come the rooster. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm still listening to that. Well, but I want to see, I want to meet the guy who's still living in the 90s. Like when he gets out of his car, he's still, you know, there's someone still pulling out the radio, putting on the club. I can name it. Putting a few on people. the club and then a sunny day. Do you remember the Wait, wait, wait. Club? What about the tinfoil that goes on the. <laughs> oh, I still oh, see yeah. that. I still see that. <laughs> I remember the club. The uh, club was a fucking pain in the, the ass. The fucking club. Well, no, here's what happened. On our street growing up, listen, one time, this is great because one time this guy tried to steal a car. On our street, and he was this total crackhead, and he stole the car. But he stole the car, and it had the club on. It. Yeah, he just so had a saw the uh, steering wheel. He started reversing down the street, just hitting every car I on remember. the street. And then he runs to your parents' backyard. No, he ran into some dude's second. It's like he ran into some dude's house, went to the second story, and jumped out the window. Oh, that's that's fucking awesome. Wow, this is where we grew up. That's, cool. that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Wow. I just happen to come up hard all right, today's guest is an outstanding writer, producer with an incredible history. She got to start writing for magazines, clothing catalogs. She then worked her way up the ladder and eventually got to be part of hit shows like The Bernie Mac Show and The Good Wife. In 2014, she took things to the next level and created the Stars Breakout series, Power. She once said, I don't want to be seen in a way where all I could do is what people expect of me. My friends, this is Courtney Kemp. Please welcome her. Courtney, welcome to uh, Dom's Den. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You, you, you were self-advertising because I saw you. I was like, I have to be on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm so she excited. Yeah, she texted me. You know, um, I... Uh, uh, Every now and then, a, a picture come up on my phone, you know, and and it was of the, uh, I believe it was of, of the rap party, so I sent it to you, and she's like, I got to do your podcast, I'm like, absolutely, I, I, I would, you know, I, I was shocked that you even you even mentioned that because I know how busy you are, you're always busy. I am busy, but I try to make time for my friends because if you don't. If you don't then you'll lose your relationships and that's actually what matters at the end of the day on our deathbeds no one's going to be like man i should have written another script right that's not what so. um so uh, i know courtney through jerry ferrara uh who kind of put the seed uh, in me getting power and then courtney just said you know what i'm gonna write him in the show i'm gonna make uh, i'm gonna make him your cousin and the, the rest is history i mean and we've 
we've been friends now. Um, do you want to take it from there, Courtney? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so I'm obsessed with Dom like everybody else. I mean, like everybody who watches television, you should be obsessed with Dom. And then anyone who watches film, you should be obsessed with Dom, and you should just be obsessed with Dom. I did not know that that was even a possibility to work with Dom, right? So I didn't even try. I just knew that um, I really wanted to work with Jerry. Funny behind-the-scenes story for people who love power. I had originally wanted Jerry to play Cantos on the show, mm -hmm. so the guy who was running the bar with Ghost the first couple seasons. Um, that didn't work out because the Entourage movie was coming out, and so I couldn't get Jerry in time. So then I said to Jerry, well, I'll come back for you. And uh, Jerry was like, people say that in Hollywood all the time. I was serious. So we created a part, a part for him, a Joe Proctor. But we always thought that Joe Proctor uh, was, that Proctor wasn't his real last name. We always thought that that was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So uh, later on, uh, we, we started talking about um, Dom. And he was like, Dom lo loves the show. And I said, Dom has watched the show? Because yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. And so then we met and I was like, yeah, this is happening. I couldn't even believe it. Like, I, it was all pinch me stuff. Uh, well, Jerry, it's, uh, Jerry answered a tweet. So somebody said, because uh, Power had crazy fans. Yeah. And um, so somebody had, had tweeted, uh, any of your friends who would you would like to work with on, <clears throat> on Power? And he goes, yeah, I would like to work with my buddy, Dominic Lombardozzi. Courtney sees the tweet and she goes, I will let that happen. <laughs> now, going back to what Courtney said a few minutes ago, uh, keeping her word with Jerry. I could tell you this right now. There's very, very few people, very, very few people in this business who keep their word. Courtney keeps her word. She told me, Dom, you're going to do four episodes. Four episodes. Dom, you're going to come back. You're going to do three episodes. I came back and I did three episodes. That's amazing. I'm telling you, um, I've been in this business a long time. I was sad to kill you. Sorry, Betty. You had to go. <laughs> had to go. But it, it made, it, you know, it all made sense, you know. And and I, I, I valued the time that I got to work with Jerry. I got to work with you. I got to collaborate with you. Um, and and great crew, great cast. I had a lot of fun on Power. We loved you. I love. I love working on that show. I really yeah. did. Is that where you met Joe as well? You made a lot of friends. I met Joe Chikora. I I knew Amari Hardwick because I had worked with Amari Hardwick maybe about ten years prior to that. Um, I've I but I knew the crew. I I I you know I I, I knew everybody behind the scenes because they're all New York people. Didn't you already know Joe Perino? Didn't you guys? Oh, grow Joe Perino. Up really close yes. together. Thing, yes. Right? Weren't you? Did you grow up in the same neighborhood? Uh, he grew up on the other side of the fence. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a few years younger than me. Um. But yeah, I I know the whole family, the premier beautiful family. Um. But I knew a lot of lot some some of the directors. Um. I knew a lot of the people behind the scenes. You know the gaffers and uh. You know, just just. Uh, hey, what's up, Dom? You're on this. I'm like, yeah, I'm on this. <laughs> you know. So, you know how it is. It's um New York. You go from one job, you go to the next job, and you just see the same people. Yeah. 
New York is a big city that is a small town when you work in entertainment. Yes. You know what I mean? When you work in any of these jobs, it's like you see the same people over and over and over again. And now that I have two working sets in New York, because we're, we're shooting Ghost and Raising Canaan right now. Raising Canaan is in the Bronx. They're at York Studios. And then uh, we're down here uh, in the Brooklyn. And it's like, it's just, it's amazing because you go from place to place and it's all the same people. It feels good. It feels good. I love Teamsters, so I'm like, I'm just so happy. Speaking of these, spin were these spinoffs your idea? Well, I think, uh, let me say it in the, the most, I'll say it in the professional way okay. first. Uh, you know me, there's always a professional and a personal. The professional is when you have a hit series, uh, everyone is terrified that you're going to say you want to end it. And... I knew I had to end power. I knew power could not go on forever. There was not much more story to tell at that point. And I really only wanted to do five seasons and we ended up being able to do six, but that was it. That was the end of the story, of that part of the story. And as we were approaching the end, there were a couple thoughts that I had where I was like, oh, there's another way to continue the story because there was kind of pressure on me to continue the story, but not in the, I couldn't do it the way they were asking me to. Right. There was an idea that other people wanted to do that I did not want to do, which involved uh, like a ghost and Tommy as kids uh, thing, which I was not interested in doing because they both live. You know, they both live. So it was hard to yeah. figure out what the stakes were for that. It was just sort of like a nostalgia thing. Um, and I didn't really want to do kind of, you know the backyard against power style. You know, I didn't really <laughs> want to do that. So, um, but as we started talking about it, uh, I thought of some ways to continue it for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, um, but then there were also 50 really wanted to do, for example, the Tommy spinoff, like he really, really wanted that. He was like that the people really want that the fans really want that. And I was like, okay, let's figure out how to, a, a way to do it. I really was like very committed to trying to, uh, set up Tariq in his own way. So there, there's all these different yeah. branches of the tree. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could even... I, I could, there's so many things you could have done. I was even thinking, like, uh, Lorenz Tate, you could have went a whole political way. Oh, we're doing it. We're <laughs> doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, it, that's what influence is. Influence is the one that's about Tate and hopefully uh, Tate in the... You know, I don't want to give anything yeah, yeah, away, yeah. but it takes a really cool turn. And especially with so many people of color being involved in national government right now, it's kind of a perfect time to tell the it story is. of a guy who uh, is completely self-involved and self-absorbed in the service of the many, right? That's that contradiction you want for a character. So I'm looking forward to working on that. I love Lorenz Tate, man. Oh, Lorenz Tate is awesome. Growing up in my neighborhood, it was either like, you know, like I love Boys in the Hood. It's a great film, but... Right. Menace to society. He's O Dog. It's O Dog. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know what movie he was? I, I loved him in was Dead Presidents. Oh, terrific. Oh yeah. I he mean, I love great. him. Period. Yeah. And great. the thing is, that guy, I will say, just is a lover of actors. Everything I write for him, he elevates. Mm -hmm. Everything. Like I am not half as good of a writer as that performance is giving you because he is just like hitting you on all cylinders. I love him. He's so tremendous to write for. It's such a, a privilege. Was was Stars the the, the first place you pitched uh, Power? No. Mm -mm. The other places said no. Oh, okay. Well, you... <laughs> they said no, and uh, you know, I was like. I was very much like, not zen, but I was like, okay, you know, it's not where it's supposed to land. 
So it was supposed to land on stars, and this is what it was supposed to be. Were you, right. were you baffled by the reasoning behind those no's? No, because it was, um, I was told by one location, we already have a black show. So, uh, and then I was told we already have a show that's like that, which we, they didn't. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I think Right? They just lie. You know what it is, actually, I will will say, honestly, it is that um, what the world looks like now, if you go back in your memory to 2011, 2012, when I was pitching Power, it didn't look like this. There's been a complete shift in what people are trying to buy and put on the air. We were very different from what was out there, you know, because this is pre-Empire, too. Like, Power and Empire are about six months apart in in, uh, uh, premiere date. So... This is the world of The Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, you know, things looked up one way. Mm-hmm. And now they don't look like that. And there are opportunities for people to come up with shows that look different. But at that time, you know, we were told, um, we were told by the experts that the show would not work overseas because the leads were of color. Now we're in like 175 it's countries ridiculous. and we're like kicking yeah. ass. And it's like, but that's what people thought. You know, uh, so it's and it's funny to me, too, because um, Karen, is that how you say it? Do you say it? Kieran, 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 Kieran. Kieran. Yeah. OK, Kieran. So what Karen just said is really true. Karen, you seem to be white. Your name seems white. You seem like a white guy. You look like a white guy. But you love menace to society. <laughs> and this is what I was trying to tell people is that like white guys my age or younger don't give a fuck. Yeah. They give not any fucks. No. I said anyone who's a Michael Jordan fan doesn't give a fuck about watching black people on TV. Absolutely you not. gotta let that go. That that but that whole thing comes from a generation almost prior to ours. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you watch Cribs, MTV Cribs, we were all growing up, mm-hmm. right? And everybody had a fucking Scarface poster and everybody knows Godfather. It's like that doesn't matter. Yeah. The yeah. language of these kinds of shows or this kind of entertainment is multicultural. But you know what I mean? Still, Absolutely. There's still so many old people that are still in charge and still pulling the strings. And it's our generation that is changing the way people think and they, the way they view television and what they're open to. But it, it's still, there's still the puppet masters that are out there, but you know, things are changing. That's all we can ask for. Totally. And well. this is- totally. It's like when people say the wire is a black show, but how do I know Dom? Yep. Right. Yep. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, how did I fall in love with Dom? It's just, it's the whole thing is so, Silly. And And I think we're getting to a place now where people are saying, oh, it does go both ways, you know, but it it is a really interesting thing that like white guys love shit with black people in it. Black folks love shit with white people. And it's great. It's easy. Especially New York, by the way, also New York. It's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, What what made you want to be a writer? Oh, honey, I didn't have a choice. I was born this way. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, uh, right. my parents called it lying. That was uh, what they called, they used, but, uh, you know, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, I, learned, I learned a way, you know, as a kid, and I mean, I'm being sort of lighthearted about it, but I come from trauma. I come from kind of a complicated background um, internally. Externally, it looked like the Cosby show. Right. But on the inside, it, it wasn't like that. And... So I used my imagination to escape. Um, I'm not an actor. I'm too self-conscious for that. Um, I would never be able to lose myself. Um, But I think in terms of being able to control and make up stories in my head and kind of escape, 
that started at a really young age, like four or five, I started writing stories and things like that. So that, um, so, so that's what drew you to the business. Just it's, so it's very, so it's more therapeutic for you. It's kind of like what acting is for me. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this, yeah. you know, um, over yeah. gobblegall, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. But, uh, I, I will say, you know, um, for me going through my divorce, my divorce is in power. Um, my, my struggles with parenting and having, you know, a big career, they're in power, you know, uh, stuff that I'm still figuring out about being a woman is in power, right. stuff that I'm trying to write about in terms of uh, African American masculinity, white masculinity, what happens when those two things collide or when they're in partnership. Um, a lot of the time, I'm writing about all those things because I'm trying to figure them out. So it's all I'm pouring myself into it. I don't know that you can do this job well if you don't pour yourself into it. You have to. Yeah. You know. You have to. Um, to keep yeah. to keep it authentic, to keep it real, to keep it truthful, to keep it grounded. I think you need all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think fear keeps people. Fear and dishonesty keep you from writing or acting. Uh, your best. Right. You know. I still so get I nervous. Kind of I still get it. scared. Courtney, what sparks your creativity? Like, what gets you going? Uh, I'm obsessed with American Greed right now. I fucking love that show on CNBC. Oh, now, um, I love it when people do bad shit. About, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Pat. People doing fucked up shit yeah. makes me really excited. Yeah. Should I say that in a way that's less profane? No, no, no. no, I, okay. no, no, no. I, I am interested in the darker parts of the human soul. I think it's because I'm a rule follower. Mm -hmm. Like I, I use my turn signals. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I am a person who I come to a full stop at the stop sign. And I think part of that is that my parents really raised me with you're black. If you step out of line, the punishment, the consequences will be so much more severe. Um, I'm also a Taurus, so I'm going to follow rules anyway. But I think it's just like, I like to be safe on the safe side of things. So I'm always fascinated. Like I'm fascinated by people who do Ponzi schemes and fraud and like all, how do you not think you're going to get caught? Like how? Yeah. Have you seen, how? have you seen McMillions? Oh, I know I haven't. It's the up next you, on my queue. You have to. It's great. Yeah. Like, it's but great. the fire festival shit. Oh my God. I love that. Fire festival. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I love that stuff. I also, you I'm love really organized fire. crime. You love stuff with organized crime. I love organized crime. If you guys want to talk about Mr. Gotti, yeah. uh, I am here for it. Like, I just love, you know, actually, Carlo Gambino is really, that's like that whole story of, of just what happened to the Gambino crime family and what happens when you make a decision. I'm going to give this to my cousin because I believe in family, but your cousin's not the right guy. Castellano was not the right guy. Like every decision he made was based on ego. It was like they're all of it is wrong. Well, you know he, what I'm yeah, saying? He had, he didn't have the respect of the soldiers and he was very greedy. Yes. And this is the thing, not having the respect of the rank and file. When I first started this job, one of the first things I did on power was learn everybody's name, everybody's wife's name, everybody's husband's name, everybody's kids' names. So no matter what situation I was in, I could always say, how's Angela? How's Nicole? Yeah. How's Stephanie? Like, be a person. Don't be a fucking, like, you don't, you think power, you think power is about treating people like less. It's like treating people more. You know what I mean? Okay. And that's really it. Yeah, you have power when you have when you could take care of people, you, you yes. know, and uh, it, it it goes along with the reward, you know. Right. It's the same thing. Right. 
And I would also just also say, sorry, you got me talking about Castellano, but here's the thing. He thought that he could rule by fear. Like, in other words, I'm the godfather, therefore you should fear and respect me. No. In fact, you've done nothing for us to fear and respect you. Mm-hmm. You've done nothing. So until you do something like that, the only way he could have been successful was to love people. If he had been a great guy, that would have helped him. It's just that he didn't know. So, you know, I'm just saying I have a whole bunch of thoughts about that. Pat got me started. See, this is how I am. And then Dom had to bring up the mob. And so I'm never going to shut up. Well, the the old school mobs, they they stayed underground, like with Gotti getting into the camera. Well, I mean, if you you looked at pictures of Carlo Gambino, he looked looked like a gardener. He looked like a guy who just was tending his tomatoes in the backyard. It wasn't about the flash. It wasn't yeah. about any of that stuff. And that's what Gotti's downfall was. 100%. You know, as dangerous as he was and as much as uh, he had the respect of the people in the streets, you know, once you're on the FBI's radar, they're going to get you. Yeah. You know, especially just, if you're giving them uh, what we like to call it power, the full Tariq, which is both middle fingers up. When you are literally saying to the feds, guess what? You can't fucking catch me. They're going to catch you. Catch they you. will <laughs> marshal all of that machine yeah. at you. Here's, you the, here's the other thing with the feds. If the feds come and arrest you, they have everything. Uh, Already? They have Already. everything. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to beat that case. And they could You're change, not. and they could change the rules <clears throat> to get you arrested. Well, they called it the RICO. They call yeah, it the RICO yeah, laws. That's no. how. That's the only way they were able to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a yes, and you though. It's a really interesting piece of this. So we took a lot of this. Um, you know, Proctor obviously is a as a you know a composite, but Bruce Cutler obviously really inspired that character. The idea of somebody yeah. who was like kind of a criminal might suggest. I mean, he's not a criminal, but could, was comfortable with criminals comfortable around them and the thing is he's a great attorney bruce cutler is a great attorney so what did they have to do have to do in order to put Gotti away they had to actually separate them they had to disqualify bruce cutler from representing him in order to put Gotti away that to me shows you the power of what they will change in the rules right that's the power like you're talking about changing the rules like oh we got we got to fuck up your lawyer that's what we got do you do you think Gotti had a fair trial or or do you think because a lot of people say yeah he didn't have a fair trial but the the, the tapes were the tapes were so damaging that he, no lawyer could could have gotten him off those tapes here's what i think i wasn't there <laughs> uh, but what i will say is if you have a friend who you do a lot of dirt with and the feds get that friend to talk you are fucked. Oh, big time. Period. It's full over. stop. It's whether over. they have tapes or not, whether they, no matter what they have, if Ghost and Tommy were on trial and Tommy decided to talk, Ghost is going to jail. Easy. It just is what it is. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's what I would have to say about that. But I wasn't there. I don't know whether it was a fair trial or not. You ever have a uh, an embarrassing moment in a writer's room? All the time. All the time. I'm wrong Give me all the one. time. Give me Here's one. The thing. Give you one? Okay. <laughs> Worst pitch ever. You guys are recording this. I don't know if I should tell you. It's, 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 <laughs> it's just between us. No, it's yeah, not. Right. No, it's not. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, right. But uh, I'll just say that I uh, I have pitched things where the, uh, the writing staff, uh, we have something called the beam of misfit pitches. So it's like a beam in our writer's room and we literally tack up the worst pitches. And I have many on that. That's I'm so not cool. immune to coming up with bad, stupid ideas. So 
yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> there was a whole other way that Greg died that involved Angela doing it and then staging some stuff, and it was a bad idea, and everybody laughed at me. So, I'll well, fair that. enough. We've been there. We you, accept that. But you grow, okay. But you been grow been from that. Yeah. You grow from your failures. Yeah. You learn from your failures. Of I think course. failure is very important. Yeah. I would say also to that though, being the leader and saying, "Oh, I'm wrong. You guys are right." Hundred. Yeah. Here's a you know? here's a great thing. Here's here's the thing. I I here's another thing that Courtney does that a lot of people don't do that are in her position. You have a table read, okay? And she's really animate about have. She's really big on table reads. Like she wants everybody there. For. And now I understand why. If you do the table read, she's willing to, to have you uh, say something that you feel might sound better coming out of your mouth or, or she will hear the suggestion at the table read. And if it works and she likes it, she will incorporate it. Absolutely. So she brings you in as part of the process as, you know, being an actor, which doesn't happen much. It should happen You know, more. you usually have to stay to the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is what it is. And, um, but she, I, I was like, this is incredible. She's like, you know, if I remember the, the first time I did the table read with you and you were like, Dom, if there's something that, that doesn't feel right, let me know. And this this is the time and this is the place to to fix that problem if it in fact it is a problem and i have to commend you on that because uh as an actor it's very helpful it's it's very helpful and it, it instills a, just a little more confidence well i will say this thank you for the compliment that it, yeah. it i mean i love the feedback i'll tell you i have a system and i'm very firm about my system and my system is i get you the script in time right? I get you the script in time for you to read it as the actor. The table read is for you to come and say, I have a better line or I have a different way of saying it. And this is where you audition it. Because guess what? If you get that laugh in that room, that's a better line. I'm open to it. I'll take better work. I'm cool. If you try it and it doesn't work, okay, it doesn't work. But so often the stuff the actors bring has a whole other thing because they've done all this work on the character. It's fun. the, yeah, you know, the and table, it's fun. The and table then, read is fun. It's yeah. like, hey, people are like joking around. Or you, you, every now and then somebody gives a little ad lib. Everybody starts <laughs> laughing. And then I see Corny go, write that down. <laughs> write that down. Oh, I'm doing this. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm writing, I'm <laughs> thinking. And, and the other thing that's important about it is um, fostering a sense of community. We are a rep company. We are a theater rep company, you know, we really are. And so sometimes people are assigned different parts that aren't theirs and they get to do fun stuff and like all that stuff. It's great. And also you get to hear the whole script. And there are a lot of actors who won't read the whole script necessarily. Mm. So it's good for everybody to know that they're part of the whole, you know, even day players who are cop number two, cop number two got to hear his or her or their part in the larger thing. That's important. We're a company. Yeah. We all take a bow at the end of the day. And this is the opportunity for those day players to see the series regulars and vice versa and see them do their work. Right. I mean, it's awesome. It is. I've hired people off of that. I've hired people who were readers and been like, I'm going to write a part for you because your reading was good. Yeah. You you definitely do things outside the box. And I love that. That's phenomenal. You know? Yeah. I, I, it's a, it, I really enjoyed it. I mean, there were... One time I didn't make it to the table read, I think, because I had the flu. 
And um, I remember we were shooting the scene. I think it was the scene with, uh, I think it's where I, I basically tell Joey Perino's character to, to, to take a, to take a hike. And, to fuck uh, off. To fuck off, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the exact quote. We're not putting on airs here. And, I mean, uh, you want me to pull it? It's back there somewhere. Yeah. In the 600s over there, yeah. yeah. And um, I had, like, one little thing I wanted to change, and they said, oh, you, you know, we have to call Courtney, and we have to run it by her, and they, they, I think they called you, and she says, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Let him do it. Let him do what he has. Let him do what he wants. <laughs> Well, okay, so you guys, I will just say this to you. I would never say this in front of Dom. But what I probably said was, is Dominic fucking Lombardazzi let him do what he fucking wants. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm very profane. I'm trying to hold it down, you guys, but no, I am not. I, I, I love working York. on that show. I, I, I really <laughs> did. I really did. Um, You're our kind of people, Corny. Don't hold hey, anything you know, the, you know, you play. The, the, the last thing I want to do is play a mob guy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but the way this character you created wasn't just like a, a fucking goomba, you know, you know no. what I mean? Um, he had, he, he had depth, he had feelings, he cared about his family, he cared about Jerry, Jerry's guy cared about Proctor, um, and some really, really good one-on-one -on -one scenes like with Amari and Joe and, and, and with Proctor and... I I enjoyed it. I didn't want to. I I I, I did not want to bring a knife to that gunfight. You know. <laughs> no. You know uh, okay. I will tell you guys it's again. Dom isn't part of this, no. but I will just say that um, the thing was Benny Sevilla was not created. Even though yes, obviously he's a connected guy. Obviously he's a made guy. If we want to say that, but that really wasn't the purpose of the character. The purpose of the character was that he was a cousin to Joe Proctor. That was his cousin who loved him. That was it. He loved him. It was just a person who loved him and who wanted best for him and who was looking out for him. So it was introduced in a different way. It wasn't like your stereotypical mob guy. It was like, this is my cousin, you know? And this is a part of my life. And one of my favorite things from the scene, I think the scene that you're introduced in, you, we're talking about Lindsay Proctor and he says, I told you not to marry the cunt. Love it. I mean, I just love it because I never used that word in the show before, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah. That uh, in the restaurant, it's just me and him in the, in res the restaurant. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we popped our "see you next Tuesday" cherry with Dom over here because yeah, yeah. I thought, just thought, it like it, it felt like, oh, this guy is coming from another universe. It really wasn't about. It was like, let's introduce a totally different universe. You know, right. let's bring something in. And Vincent was more of the like that was more of that world was that. Right. But what I liked was like he wasn't Benny wasn't coming from Vincent's world. He was just like, we're not going to do this. And Vincent backs off and you get the weight of Dom. You know, I always like to play with the actor and the part. What does Dom bring when he walks in the room? That. Okay, I'm going to fuck right off. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm just going to go. <laughs> you know, and I think that's what you want. So I appreciate you. Not, I know I know you don't want to play a mob guy, but you know I want to write a mob guy. I want to write a mob guy. If you write a mob play. guy, I'll play him. <laughs> if you write know, him. You know, my next piece has no has no mob guys in it. Well, so I'll play a cop. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you will mark my words, Don. Make me a lawyer, Courtney. Make me a lawyer. I can totally make you a lawyer. Make me a lawyer. Oh, I can make you a lawyer. I'm happy uh, to do that. So now you're in Dom's hot seat. And, oh shit. Okay. Uh -oh. 
So I'll... these these are fun questions. These these are really fun. Um, one of your biggest pet peeves. Um, I hate it when when people chew with their mouth open. Ah, oh, that's your speaking. Mm, that's my fucking right brutal. There. I, I get yelled at all the time for that. That's, yeah. that's a tough one. It's a tough one for me. Yeah. It's the worst. Okay. My wife yells at me because I yell at my son so much. And I'm like, I'm trying to train this guy. Like, once you get out of this house, yeah. you can't be chewing like a horse. It just can't happen. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. I get it. I, Courtney, I'm with you. <laughs> Feed him some oats. <laughs> uh... What do you mean? <laughs> you guys are great. I love you guys. Like, we do this all the time. Can I be the chick? I want to be the chick. Uh, you're on a karaoke stage. What song are you singing? Um, Dream Girls Ooh. from the musical. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Write that down. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, Hutt. Jay Hutt in the house. Yeah. I will not be singing it right now, but yes. Oh. I have performed it. Uh, I performed it on a New York City stage a million years ago when I was much younger um, with a drag queen uh, called Peppermint. Uh, and she <laughs> is amazing. And yes, I, that's my song. <laughs> the thing that's great about it is that because I'm an alto, it's like I don't have to do too much. Um, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice how old are you and what's that piece of advice Ooh, I can't tell you the real answer Um, but only because it it would harm someone okay Okay. and uh, uh, but what I would say is uh, it would harm someone to know that I feel that way. Gotcha. But what I will say is I would tell my younger self um, around, I think probably around 18, I would say, you got time. You got time. Yeah. You don't need to rush. That's, you got time. That seems to be a I like that. Constant I like answer, that. Yeah. Somebody else said that. Yeah, a lot of people said that, yeah. Yeah, somebody else said that. Jimmy back, said that. Yeah, thinking back. I think Jimmy said 100% it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same way, man. Um I, do. I think I think one thing that as creatives, I'll just say as creatives, uh you're so frightened you're not going to get your next job. You're so frightened you're going to make a mistake with your career, yeah, right? I and uh I think one thing is that if if someone had said to me, "Trust your talent." Trust your talent would have been great, too. Yeah, if if I if if I if I have to call Garnett one more time and he tells me, yeah, I'm looking at the grid, I'm gonna fucking snap. <laughs> but you know what? I will say about Garnett, he does work hard for his clients, oh. and and I know a lot of managers and stuff who don't, but he does. Oh, he does. I I, I know I know he does. I just hate. I hate hearing there's nothing on the grid. What's the grid, though? The grid is based like these printouts that he gets, and he's basically looking for something that kind of is I guess 40s it's like a singles ad no to... what's singles oh, no. ad <laughs> trying to find a date in the newspaper fucking jokes there okay alright I, I would also say you're I'm so doing a podcast here uh-huh. uh, you're so established that also I do feel like there are people like me and, and others I'm sure who want to write for you you know it's like I, if I hadn't killed you off in the power universe I would put you on right now um, and certainly when I killed you off, I didn't know that we were going to have like a thousand more shows. Cause it'd be great to have Benny like show up and say to Tariq, you fucked with my fucking cousin, you know, where's my money at? That'd be great. Be- but yeah, because the Tariq is continual. Yeah. Which one, which one of the power shows goes 
back. It, that's a 50 show, right? That's the the, 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 the 50 storyline? Yeah, Raising Canaan. Raising yeah. Canaan, Canaan, yeah. Um, what's one of your favorite quotes? Oh, I mean, I guess the one that I say most of the time is, uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference. Right. Um, I learned a new one of those uh, this past year, which is God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change, the courage to change the one I can, and the wisdom to know that one is me. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Corny, you have a hero? Oh. Um, I think both of my parents in different ways, probably. Uh, my dad was the first black man to graduate from Amos Tuck Business School at Dartmouth. He wasn't the first one to go. He was the first one to graduate. And I point that out because the other guy left. And my dad stayed and stuck through it. Right. And one of the stories that I like to tell about my father, because there are ones that I don't tell. But the one, one of the ones I do like to tell is that my dad was up there. And, you know, the Ivy League at that time, this is the 60s, this is mid-60s. They were trying to kind of bring black people in. My father had to mop and sweep the library while his classmates were studying in it. And then after the library closed, he would stay in the library to study. What they'd had all day to study, he had the night to study. Mm -hmm. And he accepted it yeah. because that's how he worked his way through. So there's a quote that a lot of people say, I am my ancestor's wildest dreams. Um, and I really believe that. Yeah. You know who had a similar story, uh, similar to your dad's uh, experience? Uh, I was reading an article, uh, Bill Duke. Yeah. Yeah, Same my thing. dad loved Bill Duke. Yeah. When are, you, uh, when are you writing that movie, Courtney? Oh, my God. Um, there's actually a movie yeah, I really. do want to write about my family, but it's not that story, although that probably would that would be interesting thank you karen yeah. uh now you're an executive producer on it i don't know how that <laughs> you, you, well, he, you know he, he we're doing his animated he has an animated series oh that's awesome uh well I, an animated film film you want to you want to tell her what, what it's about hey it's about uh it's about diversity inclusion yes you know community that's the biggest hey. the biggest theme in this film and uh, Dom said it's an animated film, but it's really community, you know? It's like when we grew up, we knew our neighbors, we knew each other, we took care of each other, and now, unfortunately, the narrative these days is you do you and I'll do me and our paths will never cross, and that's bullshit, because our paths are crossing and our actions affect others all the time. So I was lucky enough to <clears throat> write something a few years back, and now we're, we're pretty far down the line and we're making a giant animated feature with a bunch of really cool people. Yeah. Here, so. Tell her who you got. Tell, she'll, she'll, no, she'll love it. She'll love it. Tell her um, who you got. It's called Pierre the Pigeon Hawk, and uh, it's about a bird. It's half pigeon, half hawk, and uh, the lead is Will I Am, and uh, okay. his mother is Whoopi Goldberg, his father is Howie Mandel, and uh, we also just signed uh, Snoop and Jennifer Hudson and Keenan Thompson and Luis oh, Guzman wow. and Dominic. And what am I? Dominic Lombardozzi. I'm, I'm still waiting for my call. <laughs> yeah. And, I was going to say, and why am I not in it? I don't understand. I don't get it. <laughs> my agent or what? It's okay. a great script. It, it really, I, I was laughing out loud when I was reading this thing. I was like, I got to do it. And, and 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 our dentist brokered the deal. Madness. We oh, have okay. the same dentist. <laughs> yeah. You guys, 
this is the most New York podcast in this history of it's, the world. No, no, it, it gets even crazier than that. You know, my my mom has ALS, so we both know uh, Pat Quinn, who just passed away from from ALS. Karen grew up with Pat. Uh, that that's the ice bucket challenge, and. Right. Uh, Pat's dad and Pat were helping me with my mom and trying to facilitate and trying to get certain things because I got to tell you, uh, things are not easy. And um, so I go to the dentist and and uh, my dentist says, oh, you know, there's a guy doing an animated movie. He saw your picture on the wall. And I was like, well, Tom, to give me a call. We, 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 went, we, we had a dinner. Then we find out we both know Pat. Then um, we know a bunch of comedians. Yeah, we both we know a bunch of the people, and I was like, he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, I'm not really doing anything now because of COVID and everything." And he's, uh, I was like, "You know what? I I should do a podcast." I said, "I'll do a podcast if you produce it." And here we are. And here we are. Are this is amazing? (laughs) Yeah. Well, this the world works in mysterious ways. And I said, I don't know shit about podcasts, but I have a brother-in-law named Pat who's pretty good with sound, and. now it's just ridiculous. We came into an empty room in Dom's house. We turned into a den, and here we are talking shit. <laughs> Next you know, thing you know, I'm hanging doors in Dom's living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys all in the same room right now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew Pat and Kieran were, but... This oh, is okay. my den. This is really my den. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. With the name. I'm getting it now. I'm, uh, I'm a little slow. Got it. <laughs> so, um, you do have interest in writing for the big screen? Feature writing is hard. I don't know why it's so much harder, for, which is so weird because you do 10, 10 hours. It's like, you know, 10 hours is not two hours. Two hours should be easier. But right now, I don't know. My brain is so in the TV space and in, in telling a story in those kind of chapters. I do have a feature idea that I'm working on uh, that is basically a woman kicking ass. So we'll, we'll get that for sure. I love violence. Uh, right. I love to... And I love stunts and I love like shooting things practically. You know, I'm obsessed with that stuff. So we'll see, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. So you have power book two, three, four, uh, anything else in the works? Yeah, I'm working on uh, for uh, HBO. I'm working on something called Dirty 30, which is about the 30th precinct. Uh, And uh, so, you know, uh, I'm working on that. Um, I'm also, you know, in my in the tiny amount of time that I have, I, I, I noodle on this idea about um, women my age who are kind of stuck with incredible amounts of responsibility and how you how you kind of work with that. So like, for example, during COVID, I had my mom and I had my daughter and I have this job and I have all these things that I'm trying to navigate. And it's like, how do you, right. how do you, you do that? So it's a little bit of a quieter, more personal piece. And yeah. maybe that will be the movie, you know, I don't know. I think we, I, yeah. Well, you said it. You put, you know, it's writing. You got to put what's personal to you into your writing. So I, I, I like that story. Uh, I think there's a lot there with that story uh, that uh, that you that, that you mentioned about your dad. I'm getting. I think a lot there's of, so much there, man. I'm getting a lot of pursuit of happiness vibes from that story. Like, yeah. That's, when that's, when Will Smith walks down them stairs. I wanted to hear more about end. it. Yeah, that's oh, so inspiring. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, another story about it. So yeah. when my dad was up there. Um, you know, the brothers of Sigma Chi at, at Dartmouth, they were the ones who took him in. They were the ones who were nice to him and took care of him and invited him to do stuff. Who would have 
so right so like that whole stereotype about frat boys and how frat boys are like racist or whatever it's like no that wasn't the case in the 60s in the mid 60s in fucking new hampshire that's the thick of it guys you know they 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 sort of helped my dad out there's all these weird little nuances of that can you even imagine you know you go from from uh he went to college in baltimore and then he goes up to the frozen tundra middle of nowhere no black people at all except him and the other guy and then of course there is a beat in the story karen where the other guy decides to leave can you imagine like you're gonna leave there's only two of us how are you gonna fucking leave but so yeah there there could be a story there for sure i love it well courtney um thank you so much for coming on this podcast i can't wait to have a sit down with you well, gobblegall, some oh red wine. Totally. We went to Carbone, you guys. Yeah. It was so good. Oh, man. So good. Wait, wait, wait. Before I go, yeah. let me ask you a couple questions, Dom. Yeah. Okay. So question one. Uh, of all of the you know people who you haven't worked with yet, who do you really want to work with? Man, there's so many good ones. Um, I want to work with Regina King. Okay, and, I hear and, that. And I don't know. There's a show she did called Seven Seconds. Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. that show? I do because I tried to hire her to direct an episode of Power, right? And I couldn't get my clutches. You know, I couldn't get her. So. She was so good in Seven Seconds, and they yeah. canceled the show. It happens. It happens. I was. I was. I was um. Who else? Um. I would, uh, I want to work with George Clooney. I would, I would like to be directed by uh, Ben Affleck. Sure. I love, sure. I love Ben as a director. I love Sean Penn as a director. Um, I mean the lit. I mean, there's just so many people. Um, All right, and then I have one more question. Yeah. Do you remember what your favorite scene on Power was to shoot? There's two that always always stand out in my mind. Uh, one is uh, the scene where uh, Tariq Tariq uh, drops off um, Proctor's daughter. Yeah, and sure. we share a look. Elisa Marie, yeah, Lisa Marie. And it's silent. Yeah, there's no lines in that there's, scene. There are there are, no no lines, and it's just a look as I know would happen to Proctor. I know why he's dropping her off and why he's not around. Um, just enough sh- street smart, street smart sense to know he ain't coming back, and yeah. it was all done with the look. And um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's such a on paper. It's just uh, he, she gets dropped off, and, and I, I don't know. And it just turned out to be something else, and. Um, yeah, I'm getting. Um, I'm actually tearing up because I remember watching that in the first cut of it and crying. Yeah, that's that's my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. I have a lot. See that? That's what I'm saying. The character was written out of love, right? Yeah, that's a scene about love. There's another good scene. There's all the stuff with Jerry was fun, but there was one scene, one scene with Omari. Where I basically, I I want to know answers, and I don't take the drink, and I push yeah. it to the side, and I remember shooting that, and Amari 
uh, takes the drink, and um, and he's like, eh, you know, he does what he. I forgot what he's saying, and he's saying, and he puts the drink in front of me. Right. Uh huh. Then he goes to get the bottle, and as he's and I and I pushed it to the side like this. <laughs> it's not in the script, by the way. I pushed it to the side. <laughs> and it it made him freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love doing. I love scenes like that. I love scenes that just change because now you're playing. Yeah, exactly. And I love exactly. to play. You know, once you learn, that's what people. Oh, it must be hard to learn your lines, and it must be hard to do this. I'm like, no, memorizing your line, knowing your lines, and memorizing your lines are two different things. Sure. When you sure. know your lines, well, now we could play. Now we we could stick to we could stick to what's on this page, or if you want to take it someplace else, we could take it someplace else. As long as you know more or less what your boundaries are, it, it's fun. That's when it's like a lot of fun. And so let me just close by saying this because I know we have to stop, but I will say for the writers who are out there who are young people and are learning from this and they're like, they want their actors to do exactly what you put on the page. No, you don't. A great actor will always elevate your material. That was a better scene because of what you did. It was a better scene. I didn't write that. I didn't come up with that. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you can never imagine what a great actor will bring to your material. So never close down a, an opportunity. That's why they call them talent. Yeah. That's why they call him talent. That's this guy who is uh, two thumbs and is super talented. That guy. Uh, that's talent right there. Five shows. Uh, never stops working. Uh, Courtney, thank you so much for blessing the show. Um, so great. I don't want to leave. I love you guys. You're the best. I hope to see you on campus soon. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll get that gobble goal and uh, we'll have that sit down. Absolutely. Let's all, right. all of us. Yeah. Miss you tons. Miss you I tons. Miss you. All right. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Every man has his own special dream. And your dream's just about to come true. Life's not as bad as it may seem if you open your eyes to what's in front of you. We are dreaming. Summer goes by in a splash. Instacart helps you make the most of every moment. You can shop essentials from hot dogs to paper plates to sunscreen from over 1,200 stores, all in one app. With delivery in as fast as an hour, you can spend more time making the most of summer. Instacart. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.